Welcome to Inside the Honors College, where we believe that wisdom and virtue is found when we learn together. Join us as we take an inside look at a community dedicated to educating the next generation of disciples and scholars. I'm your co-host, Taina Esteves. And I'm Ellie Overman, and I am so excited to welcome you guys to the first season of the podcast. We are just so grateful for the APU community, for your continued support of this project. It really, it really means the world to us. So this first season is all about focusing on student stories and kind of how the Honors College is shaping us as disciples, citizens, and scholars. Totally. And for our first one, we have the wonderful Ellie coming for you guys today. She talks about some awesome things that personally really just hit home. You know, we got some really good conversation about rest, making sure that it's purposeful and meaningful rest and not, you know, just superficial. Then also looking at, you know, truth and how we can see that in our world. But, you know, don't want to spoil too much of that. So, you know what? I say we just get on into it. Hello, hello, friend. I am so excited to get to talk to you. I'm so glad also that you are the person starting off this podcast. I think you are just one of the most insightful people that I have met in my college career yet. So I look forward to this conversation. Thank you, friend. That's so kind. Of course, of course. Before we get there, though, of course, we got to, you know, start off light, see where you're at. Let's make sure that people know who Ellie is. So Ellie, if you were to be any kitchen utensil, anything in the kitchen, okay. what would you be? Oh my goodness. This, <laughs> this is such a good question. Um, okay, I think <laughs> you're going to laugh at me. I think a spork because, okay, here's the deal. <laughs> like, they're not the most efficient. They're just not. Like, they're not the fastest, but they are very lovable. Okay, they're like, <laughs> I, just, I just stand by that. Like a good spork. Um, yeah, <laughs> I agree. And hey, sporks can be useful. I don't they think can. we should downplay the utility of a spork. You know, if I don't <laughs> want a fork and don't want a spoon, like it does the job of both. If you're camping, it's it's like ideal. Yeah, sporks thank you. I feel certain things. I feel affirmed by that. Thank you for validating my it's sporkness. It's also my like my childhood mm. like utensil. You yeah. know, because they always have them in like the lunches <laughs> and the plastic. Yeah. So you know, I've used sporks. You yeah, know, yeah. I love them. And I also love you. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> so let's just get right into it. Ellie, let's talk a little bit about before going to honors. You know, what was your life like? What, um, cho- like, what made you choose honors? Did anyone tell you about it? What was that little journey for you since you're getting here? Yeah. So I was just touring Christian campuses in California. I was actually at Point Loma initially because I have some connections Ooh. with the Nazarene Church through Bible quizzing. Um, big shout out to the Bible quizzing <laughs> years, but um, I was touring schools in California and my dad kind of just mentioned like, oh, there's this school called Lizzie, so we should check it out. And I was like, dude, why not? I'm from Texas. And so we were in California. It was close. And so we just went and I went on a tour and was immediately so taken by the interactions people were having and the plants, to be totally honest. And I knew absolutely nothing about the honors college. And so we, we went through the, the honors wing and I met Dean Weeks for the first time and he gave the honors spiel, spiel. I don't know how you say that word, but he gave the <laughs> honors spiel. I think and that's it. If you haven't heard Dean Weeks give the honors spiel, you have to, because he gives it far better than anyone else ever could. And he was wearing his Hawaiian shirt and I was just hooked because before the honors college, I kind of felt like 
I had to seek the truth by myself. And so this idea of doing that alongside other people and not doing it alone was just so encouraging to me. And I was like, okay, this is where I'm going to be. And so that's kind of why I'm at the Honors College now. I, that's so, I said that you're insightful at the beginning, but I'm honestly struck by that idea of needing to find truth by yourself. Because if I'm, you know, calling myself out, Mm -hmm. I think I'm there a lot of the time going Mm -hmm. through. I mean, even at the beginning of honors, you know, even Mm -hmm. where I'm at now, that's so important. And I love that so much that you mentioned that. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of, you know, just this growth going through things, learning in the honors college, how have you personally been challenged with your time here? You know, and I guess let's stay specifically with you as a scholar. How have you grown and changed as a scholar in the honors college? Yeah, that's that's such a good question. I think right now I'm going to say learning because I definitely haven't learned this. I'm learning to take the text on its own terms. I tend to be really reactive with the text and I, I need to bento box it is how I kind of describe it. I need to fit it into a biblical or a psychological or, a, or an ethical framework. And I, I try to grasp the truth all at once. And I just, I need to control it and understand it. And so Dr. Kern and Dr. Mosher have both had so much patience with me with this and kind of letting me come through this process of taking the text on its own terms and slowing down and being in conversation with others and kind of sitting with dissonance and all of that. And through that, I've kind of learned two things, I think. And the first is that truth remains constant regardless of how I perceive it. I think that in honors courses and just anyone who's kind of wrestling with things, the truth, your perception of what is true changes a lot. And that can kind of result in a lot of whiplash and really feeling overwhelmed because it feels like your reality is shifting. But it's been so comforting to remind myself that like, even if what I understand about God or anything that has felt stable has changed. The truth about God hasn't changed. Um, and so that's been really comforting. And then the second thing that I've, I've learned and been comforted by is that I'm kind of being mended into a framework. I kind of mentioned earlier, like I feel this need to like grasp at truth and run at it and get it all at once um, and read the right books and do the right things. But I've kind of realized there, there are these people, these scholars who have gone before me and these theologians who have knit me into this kind of framework and that like I'm not in control in in regards to the honors books I'm not in control of what we're reading and even in the books that I'm reading in my own life like most of them are recommended by mentors and so it's been really relieving to say okay God like work me into this mend me into this framework of understanding that like puts me in right relationship with you and so that's been that's been really relieving I think oh my god I I'm resonating so hard with the part about truth being the same, regardless of how you're always perceiving it, you know, Mm -hmm. especially looking at like the different texts that we read, you know, like maybe if you don't agree with them, you know, like if you do agree with them and regardless of what that stance is, what's there, there's still something that you can glean from it. That is true. Mm -hmm. You know, not even just gleaning because you're trying to find the good in it, but gleaning because it is something that is truth. Mm-hmm. In, in what's being said. That's beautiful. I love that so much. And if we're talking specifically to our community, right, because I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of us have gone through these similar things, you know, I'm sure people reading these different texts are also like, what is true? You know, do right. I agree? I don't agree. And how do you like navigate through that? You know, well, I guess let's address that. How do you personally kind of navigate through texts maybe that you don't agree with, that you uh-huh. do agree with, you know, and finding 
that truth you know how or are you still learning through that you know what is yeah what is that looking like for you right now <laughs> I'm for sure still learning um and my professors yeah. <laughs> know this my <laughs> professors saying that. and the people in my colloquy know this because they see the kinds of things I'm saying in the, <laughs> the papers I'm writing so it's absolutely a process it's all beautiful by the way for anyone who might mistake that she is learning <laughs> and going through that but She's Ellie so has kind. beautiful things to say beautiful things to write so it is coming out really nicely <laughs> That is that is so sweet. Um, in answer to your question, I think holding things at a distance has been really helpful and saying, I don't, you can read and understand something and not agree with it. I think I was kind of mm-hmm. like raised in a, in a context where I had to agree with the sermons or agree with an interpretation of the Bible or defend myself constantly. And I think we see that a lot right now is you have to be able to defend your position. And so that creates a lot of reactiveness or defend against, right? So if I'm reading something that is against what I believe, like being able to defend myself. And so I've tried to stop doing that just in general and hold it at a distance and say, I can read and understand this and not agree with it. And so I think also just extending empathy and saying where, what kind of humanity is inspiring this? Where, if I disagree with this, what kind of pain could have caused that or things like that? I don't know if that totally answers your question or not, but no, I'm tracking with that. I'm tracking with that. I think that's good. And just touching on like the reactive point as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I think holding it at a distance, you know, like people talk about boundaries with self care, (laughs) like in all areas of our life, you know, and why shouldn't that apply to the way that you're learning as well? Mm -hmm. You know, not, not looking at it and taking it exactly as it is and taking that time. Well, and even some days leaving colloquy and saying like, you know, I'm not going to process this today. Like this is just, I don't have the emotional capacity to process this right now. And that doesn't mean I won't, but just not constantly overwhelming myself and like just that I think that's so true setting that boundary writing it down in a journal and saying you know what we can come back to this conversation don't need to push that stuff for mm-hmm. sure and I mean that's also better for yourself right if you mm-hmm. want to get it in the way that it fits best for you this is great Ellie <laughs> I love it I Thank love you. it all so kind of keeping us here wrapping us up near the end mm-hmm. what would be something that you would tell let's say a current student at APU going through some of this similar struggle like you know how do you look at that truth you know maybe some texts that they're personally struggling with, you know, what would you tell them about how to manage this or, you know, setting those boundaries? What would that look like for you specifically to them? Yeah, (laughs) no, yeah, that totally makes sense. I think, and this is really cliche and very, it's just very on brand, I guess, for the, for the honors college, but rest, there's an emphasis on the Sabbath and the honors college. And I think that is so important, but I think even more than that, I have learned to make the distinction between numbing and resting And so for me right now, I've realized that numbing looks like watching TikToks or watching Netflix or whatever that looks like. And I, and I try to pay attention after I've done something and say like, do I feel more energy or less energy after this? And I've found that like, if I'm watching TikToks or Netflix, that's typically numbing. And that's not to say that those things are bad, but I've been looking for things that are, that are truly restful for me. Um, And those are um, things like going on walks and sitting in sunshine and coloring and things like that. And I've realized that true rest for me comes when I, I sit with the presence of God. And that's, that's not even requiring that God 
has something specific to say to me or trying to understand God or grasp the truth that God is trying to explain to me. It's none of that. It's just a sitting with the presence of God. And that has been what is truly restful for me. And I I just want to emphasize like you cannot process and grapple with texts and you cannot be productive or interact with your community in meaningful ways if you're not resting. And so think I think my advice is just to think about like what is true rest for you and how can you how can you prioritize that? That is so applicable, especially if we're thinking about, you know, our audience right? of yeah. our students <laughs> who are probably semi-ingrained mm-hmm. of this, like, I got to do it. I got to finish it. You know, I got to know now, like we were mentioning earlier, mm-hmm. you know, setting those boundaries, not needing to figure it all out right in that moment. I totally hear you on that numbing as well. That is, that's definitely it. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for that, Ellie. I think that's super important and taking that time to recognize it. Mm-hmm. And I think also there's this like understanding in academic circles and in the United States and just in general hustle culture that like when you're you're doing a lot you're more holy and so I think that this reframing has been helpful for me of like I am not more holy when I'm doing things um it is just as as good to sit in the presence of God or to rest or to whatever that looks like so that's been helpful for me this, you are taking me to my own version of church right now, Ali. I appreciate <laughs> all of that so much. You're telling me exactly what I need to hear. I'm so glad. And I know that there are other people who are going to listen to this and feel that as well, because this was all brilliant and beautiful. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk about your story and give us some beautiful advice, Ellie. I appreciate you and your insight. Thank you. I'm so grateful for you, friend. I will listen to you for the rest of my life. I've said that I could. I just want to let you know that I will be following you and listening to anything you have to say (laughs) ever for the rest of time. Because I think that last part specifically for me, if I'm like, you know, applying it to my life, being the scholar, right? Mm -hmm. That whole part on the difference between numbing and true rest, man, that hits me in ways that it probably should you know, be concerning a little bit. I don't know what I need to be doing for my own rest and <laughs> oh, what I need to stop numbing myself. Yeah. No, 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 not that intense. More just okay, like what okay. you're saying with like stuff with TikTok, you know, just like mm-hmm. the stuff that isn't, you know, taking up too much of my time, but I'm just using it to, you know, forget instead of really like let myself sit in everything that I need to think about or not think about and just, you know, be instead of trying to maximize every second of every time of every day. <laughs> so right. thank you so much for that. This was really speaking to me and I appreciate it. Thank you. Wow, I am so glad that that was an encouragement to you. I hope you actually rest and (laughs) take me up on that, but we'll see, we'll see. Well, thank you, Taina, for interviewing me, and thank you for taking an inside look at a community dedicated to educating the next generation of disciples and scholars. See you next time on Inside the Honors College.